Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is evangelist Justin Cooper coming today from somewhere along the Revival Trail. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I was looking a little while ago uh, because of this being on so many different podcast platforms and radio stations. I was just scrolling uh, as I was checking out some podcast platforms at the number of podcasts that there are. And I guess that is probably the most popular way of getting information out there and the very different formats and styles and topics. But I was looking through that. The number of podcasts and things you can listen to that will keep you up to date on the current events and the affairs of this world are just so numerous. And I had the thought, you know, so many people are so tuned in and plugged in to what's happening in this world. And the world is so negative. And so much is going, uh, what would to a Christian look like the wrong direction. It's so dark, it's bleak, it's black. Uh, It's very disheartening and discouraging, and I'm thankful that God has allowed us and enabled us this avenue that we can get the Bible, the Word of God, uh, out to our generation. In the day of darkness, thank God for some light. And if you spend all your day and all your time just sucking up the uh, information coming from talking heads on your television or secular sources, you're going to get depressed and discouraged. Too many Christians are involved in these things. They're listening to psychology. They're listening to a self-help guru, uh, gurus. They're uh, watching their television, the news on there, and all of it keeps them stirred up. But listen, this Bible is what you need. It is an anchor, steadfast and sure. It keeps us stable in the stormy seasons of life, and there is no substitute. There is no replacement. There is no uh, supplement for the scripture. You and I need to be in our Bible. And I try to stress that strongly as often as possible. I don't want to just say I'm a Bible believer. I want to be a Bible reader. And I don't want to just shout about what I what I say I stand on. I want to know why I stand where I stand. And in this day and hour, we need more than hearsay. We need firsthand experience and know-how. I thought about that here in Genesis chapter 3. You know, Eve falls first. Eve listens to the serpent and the subtlety of that devil. It gets Eve to do something that God said not to do. Now, I had this thought. Eve got her information secondhand. God spoke to Adam and gave Adam this command from God's mouth to Adam's ears. God said, Adam, don't do it. But Eve was told this by Adam. Eve got the commandment secondhand. I don't know, but maybe she fell because she could not stand on secondhand information. I thought about how important it is for you and I to have a firsthand experience with God on our own. We need to meet with God on our own. We need to see Jesus for ourselves. We need to have a personal salvation experience, a personal prayer life, a personal time of Bible study. We need to get it not from some other source. Thank God for godly sources, but we don't need it from some other source. We need to get it first 
hand. And I'm glad if you're saved, you're as much a prophet and priest and king with God as anybody else is. And we all have access by the Lord Jesus Christ to the Father. We can go boldly to the throne of grace and find mercy and grace to help in our time of need. I'm glad I don't have to go through a pope. I don't have to sit in some wooden box. I don't have to learn it from some spiritual uh, leader somewhere else. I'm glad I can go to God on my own. And we ought to and we should. We don't need second hand. We need a first-hand account, eyewitness account of what God can do for us. Now, we've been studying in Genesis chapter 3, and we will continue here in that study today. And as we look here in Genesis chapter 3, we are going to see where God will curse man, woman, and the earth because of Adam's sin. And you say, well, it's just a small sin. Does it really matter? Sin has a big, uh, big consequences. And I don't care the size or shape of sin. Sin is sin, and sin brings death. And that's what's going to happen here. So let's look here uh, in verse number uh, 13. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Now we talked about this last study, how in chapter 3, verse 12, Adam passed the buck to Eve. Eve will pass the blame and buck to the serpent. Sin never wants to take ownership for itself. You get caught in sin, well, she made me do it. He made me do it. Well, it's the day we're living in. Well, I couldn't help myself. Uh, I was pressured, and this is what happened. But no, it doesn't just happen, and it's not somebody else's fault. You need to own up for your sin. I need to own up to mine. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. So now we find the serpent being cursed. So the snake, as we found him in the beginning of chapter 3, is going to be different now after the fall. He crawls and slithers on his belly. I was driving to church in another state two weeks ago, and on that Sunday evening as I was going to church, a copperhead, a poisonous snake, probably about four feet long, was huge, came crawling across the road. You say, what'd you do? Slow down? Stop? Get out of the way? Huh? Uh, you just think what you want. But he said, now you're going to crawl on your belly. You're going to eat dust the rest of your days. Verse 15, and I'll put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. And now we can see this prophecy beginning to unfold, how there's two lines and two seeds. There's the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Watch this. The Bible already prophesies here. There'll be a day when that serpent will bruise the heel of the seed of the woman. But the Bible said he, the seed of the woman, will bruise the serpent's head. Of course, all of this is fulfilled at Calvary and in Jesus Christ. Under the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. So as a result of this fall, there is now pain in bringing forth life. Why? Because every new life is really born in death because of sin. All right, and now the woman is subservient in submission to the husband. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. So here's the curse. Man will have to toil. 
And as he works, the ground isn't going to want to yield to him. There's going to be roots and thorns and rocks and things you have to plow out of there. It's going to be hard. It's going to be labor. It'll be sorrowful. There's thorns and there's thistles. And when Adam eats from the, uh, the fruit of his hand, it'll be because he worked. He's going to strain and labor for it. Sweat will run down his brow. All of these things are the result of Adam and Eve transgressing. Now, the ultimate result is this. They're going to die one day. And the same thing's true in my life and in yours. Because of sin, we all have an appointment with death. For it's a point where a man wants to die, and after this, the judgment. Verse 20, And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. There's a powerful truth there. How in the Garden of Eden, the first record of sin is also found with it, the first record of sacrifice. God, obviously, slays an animal in the garden, takes that coat from that animal, wraps Adam and Eve in it. It's a great picture of imputation. It's a great picture of Christ covering our sin, that sacrifice dying to provide us with a covering to hide that iniquity, if you will. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil, and now let us, lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Well, that's all the time we have for today. And also that finishes Genesis chapter 3. It's hard to believe. Next study will be in Genesis chapter 4. Until then, pray with me for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.